You're listening to the voice of dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. And today's story is the second and final part of Lights in the Sky by J.F.R. Coates, the author of Dragons and Magic with his Destiny of Dragons series and of Starrets and Space Popes in the Reborn series. You can follow him on Twitter at J.F.R. Coates for occasional writing nonsense. Last time, Leandro, Ellen, and Christy were deposited on an asteroid in the middle of nowhere and expected to mine. They found beauty in their isolation, but space is a dangerous place. Please enjoy Lights in the Sky by J.F.R. Coates, Part 2 of 2. Life quickly turned into one of routine and structure for the three starrets. The sunrises never once lost their wonder, though, despite happening every three hours. Ten hours of work was followed by five hours of rest, and that was all the starrets could ever have. Rest in the small hut was spent trying to sleep while not floating off the bed, and work was spent drilling into the rocky surface and gathering all the minerals they could dig out. Every five hours, the two starrets mining would return back to the silo to deposit their cargo. One starret would remain behind, while the other would replenish their oxygen and head back out with the third starret. And so the cycle would continue and repeat, over and over for countless repetitions. But through it all, the starrets laughed and talked amongst each other. It was all they had to stop themselves from going insane from the forced repetition of their work. At the start of every shift, Leandro trekked their reserves of food, water and oxygen to make sure they weren't using too much. Their human owners had been considerate and had provided enough to be reasonably comfortable. It was more than some starrets could have hoped for. For two months, that was their routine. Slowly, their supplies dwindled, but they diminished at a rate that meant they would have enough for two days' leeway should they be picked up a little late. Leandro had just finished his double-shift mining. His shoulders hurt, and he had struggled out of his suit to drape it over the bed. They had no other clothes to wear, but none of the starrets minded each other's nudity and there were a few occasions when they were present together inside their small hut. While most starrets were shades of brown, Leandro's distinct grey and black fur made him stand out. He had always been proud of his fur, and enjoyed showing it off. In the few occasions they had been present together, his two companions had been happy to admire it as well. With a smile on his muzzle, Leandro started to run his usual checks over their supplies. He didn't get far, though, before there was a loud thump against the hut. It shook the entire building, and immediately Leandro was on his feet. His fur had puffed up, and his tail stuck straight out behind him. A cold shiver ran down his spine. He knew enough to realize that loud noises in space were rarely good things. The starrot hurried over to his helmet and put it on, fingers scrabbling for the communicator button. Check in, please. A response came back a few moments later. It was crackly and didn't stink, but Leandro knew they were mining on the far side of the asteroid, so the signal was poor. We're here, Leandro. Is everything all right there? Alan replied. I do not yet know, Leandro said. He flicked his tail nervously. I heard something hit the shelter. I will suit up again and investigate. A brief pause followed. Be careful out there. Do you want us to come back? Uh, no, not yet at least. I will call you if I need you back. All right then. Be safe. Hear from you soon. Leandro took a deep breath as he removed the helmet again. He looked down at the suit that he had draped across his bed. Despite the systems within it to help minimize and deal with waste, including sweat, the suit was starting to smell. Leandro didn't want to waste any of their precious water to wash it, but he had to wrinkle his nose every time he had to put it on. 
He had been hoping for five hours without having to put up with wearing it, but it was not to be. The suit was awkward to put on without any help, but Leandro had two months of practice with it now. Within ten minutes, he'd got it on properly and was clipping the helmet securely in place. He crouched down to pick up his tether rope and stepped out into the airlock. His tail twitched in nervousness, even with it awkwardly stuffed down with his right leg. After he linked himself to the tether tracks outside, Leandro carefully inched around the side of their shelter. He couldn't see any damage. The solar panels seemed intact, and there wasn't anything broken around the front of their small hut. It wasn't until he got around to the back, where all their water and air were stored, that he noticed the damage. Leandro's blood went cold. Visible against the empty vacuum was a small cloud leaking from one of the pipes that ran between their hut and the storage containers. For a few seconds, Leandro couldn't move at all as he watched their precious air leaking out into space. Oh, no, 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 he groaned, galvanized into sudden action. He turned and raced back to the silo, knowing there were some tools in there. It was difficult to run in the minimal gravity environment, but he knew he had to hurry. One hand held onto the tether ropes and his other slapped against the communicator button on his helmet. We have an oxygen leak. Come back as quickly as you can. I may need help sealing it. Both Starrets tried to respond at once, leaving just a garbled mess of static in his ear. He was sure they were going to be coming back, though. He needed all the help they could get. If the leak wasn't contained, then they would die. It was as simple as that. The silo was full of unprocessed minerals and ore. The three Starrets had been trying to keep it all as organized as possible, but most of it was stacked depending on when it was recovered from the asteroid. It was a towering pile of rock and metal, but that wasn't what Leandro was after. Instead, he wrenched open a couple of small doors at the base of the tower and pulled out the toolkits that had been provided for them. They were rudimentary, but they were better than the Starrett's gloved hands. Leandro raced back to the small hut with his precious equipment hugged close to his chest. He stumbled a few times, and for a couple of heart-stopping moments, both feet failed to hit the rocky surface. Then the tether ropes pulled slack and dragged him back down again. He hit the ground with a jarring thud, wincing as the impact shook his knees. With a fresh limp in his gait, Leandro kept pushing on. A little pain was nothing compared to the dread of running out of air. As Leandro reached the hut, he squawked in surprise as the tether rope pulled slack. He fell back and bounced off the rock, dropping the toolkit at the same time. He watched helplessly as a single screwdriver ricocheted off the rock and started to float off into space, quickly out of reach. "'I hope I did not need that,' he muttered as he rolled over onto his front." Only then did he realize why he had been pulled back. The tether rope simply didn't go far enough to allow him to stand in front of the leak. The system had been designed with the longer arms of a human in mind. The Starrets were paying for that now. Though he couldn't get any closer, Leandro was just about to stretch his arms out and get his fingers around the valve that controlled the airflow. Slowly he was able to turn it, and the flow of oxygen ceased. The leaking cloud of air dried up and dispersed into the vacuum. No more air was escaping, but nor was any air circulating in their hut, nor refilling their spare oxygen packs. Leandro grimaced to himself. He had to fix the leak quickly, or else they would have to risk losing even more oxygen just to make sure they had enough to breathe short term. The problem was, he couldn't reach the broken pipe, no matter how much he stretched himself out. There was only one choice he could make. His hands shook as he unclipped his tether. Taking a couple of nervous steps, Leandro gripped hold of the pipes in both hands to steady himself. He kept his legs wide to try and ground himself firmly. It would have worked had there been gravity to hold him down, but mostly it was just for ease of his own mind.
The pipe had almost completely ruptured about halfway between the tank and the hut. It looked like it had been struck by something in a glancing blow. Leandro could only be thankful it hadn't directly hit the tank or else they would have lost their whole supply in one unfortunate strike. The starret glanced down to the tools he had. There wasn't much there and certainly no replacements. He would have to make do with what they had. He had no other choice. Carefully crouching down, Leandro searched through the open kit, making sure he didn't accidentally knock anything else out of the asteroid's orbit. Almost everything was utterly useless to the situation at hand, but then he found a couple of small circular rubble ceiling sleeves. Inside his helmet, his ear twitched a little, folding back against the uncomfortable interior. Instinctively, Leandro tried to scratch his ear back into place, only tapping his hand against the side of his helmet. Leandro held up the rubber sleeves up to the pipe. They looked about the same size. He twitched his muzzle and wondered what the best way to affix them was. He looked to either end of the pipe, but it appeared to be pretty securely connected to the tank and hut. He doubted they'd be able to remove it from either end. That left just one option remaining. The starret held the pipe with his hands either side of the rupture. He pulled and twisted on the pipe, feeling it bend slightly, but not by enough. He grimaced. He didn't want to use the power tools untethered, but he didn't have much choice. With one hand always holding on to the pipe, Leandro prepared the cutting blades. They would have the power to slice through the pipe fully, but he would have to be careful the force they exerted didn't push him back too much. Sweat dripped from Leandro's fur. It trickled down his body before it was collected by the suit's waste receptors. It irritated him, especially as it dripped down over his eyes, but there was nothing he could do to wipe it away. He blinked a few times to try and clear his vision, before he slowly started to cut through the pipe. A few sparks briefly flared, and he was thankful there was no more oxygen flowing. The pipe slowly started to buckle and bend under the force of the spinning blade, before it finally gave way with a sudden wrench. Leandro fell forward as the resistance suddenly ceased. He bounced against the pipes, and the cutting blade fell from his hands and switched off immediately. The starret flipped over the pipe and floated up, but for his iron grip on the pipe, he would have already soared high above the ground. Shit, 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 he swore to himself inside his helmet. His arms strained as he kept his grip on the pipe, his only lifeline now. His free hand scrabbled in empty space as he tried to find something else to hold on to. Everything seemed to move so slowly as he tried to pull himself back. His elbow and shoulder screamed at him in pain as he strained them, trying to move so slowly so he didn't jolt himself out of orbit. His fingers started to slip. Terror coursed through his veins. Not only was he going to die, but he would kill Ellen and Christy too. He had to pull himself back. His fingers slipped further. There wasn't much left to hold on to. Leandro squeezed his eyes closed. A hand gripped around his elbow. His eyes jerked open again to see Ellen in front of him. Through her visor he could see her mouth moving, but he couldn't hear what she was saying. He didn't need to hear her. He whimpered softly inside his helmet as he unhooked his fingers from the pipe. She had him. Ellen quickly hooked Leandro up to her tether ropes, and with Christie's help they pulled him back down to the surface. His whole body trembled as his feet touched down on the ground once more, and he pulled them both into an awkward hug. Their helmets bumped up against each other. Thank you, he said, before realizing they wouldn't be able to hear him. He pulled back out of the hug and pressed in the button on his helmet. Thank you, but we are not through this yet. Keep me tethered. I still have to fix this. We'll keep a hold of you, Ellen replied. She tested the link between them, making sure Leandro was fully tethered. 
She stepped out to pull her tellering cable taut, giving the other starrets as much freedom of movement as she could provide. Feeling the confidence of being tethered, Leandro was able to move with a little more certainty. He carefully bent the two halves of the pipe apart so he could slide the rubber sleeve on. It wasn't a perfect fit, but Leandro was confident he could make it a better seal once the two halves were connected. It was slow work, but Leandro was able to pull the two parts of the pipe together beneath the rubber sleeve. He took a deep breath when it was done, before he rummaged around in the toolkit for some silver tape. It wasn't ideal, but it was all he had. The starret wrapped the tape around the rubber seal, adding as many layers as he could get away with before the entire black sleeve was completely coated in the reflective silver tape. He handed the remainder of the roll back to Ellen before he tried to smooth down the crinkled edges as best he could. It looked crude, but then Leandro knew that was because it was. But if it worked, then that was all that mattered. With his heart thumping loudly in his chest, Leandro turned the valve back on. He stared at the bodged repair job, the tip of his tail twitching down his right leg. Nothing leaked. No cloud of precious oxygen escaped. His legs felt weak, and he slowly fell back into Ellen behind him. How much did we lose? Christy asked. Her voice wavered across the speakers inside Leandro's helmet. I do not know that yet. I need to check inside, Leandro said. A flutter of anxiety rose in his chest. He knew they didn't have much spare air to last the remaining month. If they lost too much, then they wouldn't be able to safely make it. Oxygen wasn't something they could ration. Leandro didn't even bother removing his suit after he got back inside. He simply unclipped his helmet and made his way across to the sensors tucked away in one corner. Water levels were still fine, but he had expected that. His throat went dry when he saw the oxygen readings. His hand trembled as he turned around. We're here for 27 more days. We have 23 days of air remaining. Ellen dropped down onto the nearest bed. Well, shit. Well, what do we do? We can't just not breathe, Christy said. She threw her arms up in the air. I'll trigger the distress beacon. They'll have to come pick us up early, Leandro said. His voice was dull and flat. He held his head in his gloved hands. You know they won't do that, Ellen retorted. She growled softly beneath her breath as she started to wriggle free of her suit. Her coffee and cream fur was usually a sight Leandro was happy to see, but this time he didn't even look up. They don't give a shit about us. They'll just expect us to keep working and digging until we choke to death. They might come. We have to try it, Leandro pleaded. There isn't any other way. Christy cleared her throat. There is another way. Leandro's eyes snapped across to the other starrot. He flicked his ear and frowned. What other way? Christy slowly breathed out. Her eyes flicked towards the airlock. One of us goes outside and removes our helmet. No, absolutely not, Leandro barked. He rose to his feet too quickly and had to push himself back to the floor off the ceiling. No one is going to do that. But then there's enough air for the remaining two, Christy replied. I'll volunteer myself if I must, if it means you both survive. That is not happening. No one is going to sacrifice themselves, Leandro growled. He stood in front of the airlock, prepared to push Christy back if needed to. Thankfully, she remained by the bed. So what do we do? Ellen asked. She had draped her suit against the end of her bed. Her naked body stretched out over the bed, and she stared up at the ceiling. We just keep breathing until suddenly we can't? I activate the distress beacon, and we wait for rescue, Leandro said. He tried to keep his voice steady and confident. They will come. They didn't come. For three weeks, the three starrets tried their best to ignore the depleting oxygen levels. 
Leandro checked their reserves every day, but they were never able to recover enough air to support them for those critical four days short. His repairs on the pipes had held, but there was nothing that could be done for the oxygen that had already been lost. They had worked smaller shifts with larger rest times between them, so they didn't exert themselves too much. They would need less oxygen that way, but it hadn't been enough. At the end of every shift, Leandro spent ten minutes outside just looking up into the darkness. He hoped for lights in the sky to herald their rescue, but nothing ever came. Despite their dire situation, no one ever brought up the offer to sacrifice themselves again, though Christy did occasionally share some dark looks with Ellen. The window of opportunity for that dark outcome had come and gone anyway. There wasn't enough oxygen left for even two of them to survive until their planned extraction. A sacrifice was useless. Leandro didn't speak to either of the starrets. He kept his head bowed and didn't meet their eyes. His reluctance to accept the sacrifice had killed them. He stared mournfully at the oxygen meter. If they didn't exert themselves too much, then they would have enough air to comfortably breathe for another ten hours. A hand rested on his shoulder. It's not your fault. Leandro turned to see Ellen standing behind him. She pulled him into a hug, and he enjoyed the close contact of her fur against his. His cheeks were wet, and he was surprised to find hers were too. It is my fault, Leandro replied mournfully. I should have made this decision. I should have been the one to go. Ellen's arm squeezed tighter around Leandro. No, you shouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been the right decision for one of us to go outside. None of us should have gone through that. Instead, we all will, Leandro whispered. But at least we'll all be together, Christy said, from her usual place on the bed. With so little air remaining, the three had decided to down their tools for good. There was no point in filling the silo any further, given they would never see their owners come to collect them. Yeah, we'll be together, Leandro said with a nod. He moved out of Ellen's embrace and wiped his eyes dry. Until the end. Leandro sunk down onto the nearest bed, and Christy shuffled up to sit by his side. She rested her arm across his shoulders. Her fingers slowly swirled through his fur. "'You know what we should do?' she asked. "'What's that?' "'Go see the sunrise again.' Leandro laughed and shook his head slightly. "'That is not what I thought you were going to say,' he said, and for a brief moment he was able to forget his worries. Christy blinked and flicked her ears in confusion, but then her eyes lit up in mirth. She cackled and slapped Leandro lightly across the shoulder. You dirty male, is that all you ever think about? Well, Leandro said, spreading his hands wide. There is no reason why we can't, after we've seen the sunrise. Ellen smirked. I'd be down for that. What do you say, Christy? Going out with a bang, as it were? Sounds like a deal, Christy said. The wide smile across her muzzle only faltered for a moment. Though I think we've got a couple of hours still before sunrise— Want a little taster of the big event? Leandro found himself pinned down to the bed as the two female starrets clambered on top of him. He grinned from ear to ear. They would soon run out of air, but at least they would enjoy themselves first. The time for worry had gone. Instead, it was time to focus on pleasure and happiness above all else. It was something Leandro was easily able to do. The three starrets stood outside their small shelter for the last time. Hand in hand, they stared towards the horizon. Their mining efforts had changed the shape of the asteroid, and the horizon was different to the first time they had looked upon it. There was less of it, with large chunks of rock blasted away into the vacuum of space. Leandro couldn't stand still. He had hurried when putting his suit on. His tail was pinched awkwardly, but it didn't bother him enough to go and fix it. He wouldn't be wearing the suit for long. 
just enough time to watch the sunrise. Then they would go back to their last few hours inside the little hut. Twisting his back to try and wiggle his tail into a more comfortable position, Leandro caught sight of the opposite horizon. Something seemed strange about the stars there. They moved. His breath caught in his throat, and his fingers numbly fumbled for his communicator. There's a light! A light in the sky! Yeah, I see it, Alan replied, but her eyes were still on Sol. No! There! Leandro crowed, pulling Ellen around so she could see where he was pointing. Holy shit! Ellen exclaimed as she turned on her toes. She took a couple of steps forward, waving her arms in the air as though the distant ship would be able to see her. He knew it was a useless endeavor, but Leandro joined in. The three starrets all jumped up, waving their arms madly. The lights in the sky got brighter as the ship approached. Impossibly, it was coming to rescue them. Instead of waving their arms into the air, the three starrets embraced each other, wrapping themselves up in their arms. I told you they'd come, Leandro said, tears falling freely from his eyes. It didn't matter that the other two couldn't hear him. The ship was not branded, so Leandro knew it wasn't from their owners. For a few minutes, the ship just hovered above the asteroid before it slowly came down to land a hundred meters away from the silo. The three starrets quickly ran across to meet their rescuers, just as a ramp lowered down from the near side of the ship. A single figure emerged from the airlock and walked down the ramp. Judging from the height, Leandro could tell they were human. The figure silently stood in front of the starrets. The mysterious stranger held their hand to their helmet. Suddenly, a voice reached Leandro's ear. "'This frequency?' a male voice asked. "'I hear you,' Leandro replied quickly, nodding vigorously at the same time just in case the human couldn't hear him. "'Who owns you?' the human asked. "'Masterson Minerals,' Leandro said. The tip of his tail twitched nervously. "'Masterson, hey? Mining group? Got lots of minerals?' the human looked towards the silo. Three months' worth,' Leandro said. He took half a step back from the human, towards the two starrets behind him. The human turned back to his ship and waved his arms. Three more humans emerged from within the ship, and they all approached the silo. None of them were tethered, but they seemed confident in their steps. Leandro wondered how they did it, but his attention was soon taken by the nearest human, who had turned back to face him. The human's tinted visor cleared. Inside the helmet was a young human with a silver lock of hair visible over his forehead. He smiled down at Leandro. "'I hereby free you from your servitude with Masters and Minerals. Your cargo is now the property of the Silver Fox, and you three are welcome to join his crew.' "'Oh, that's great!' Ellen squealed. She stepped ahead of Leandro. "'When do we get to meet him?' The human blinked. Meet him? He's me. I'm the Silver Fox, famed pirate and scourge of the Empire. Ellen didn't broadcast anything she said, but Leandro could see her shoulders shaking in laughter. Recognizing that the situation perhaps needed to be recovered, Leandro stepped forward and held his gloved hand out toward the human. Mr. Silver Fox, it will be our pleasure to join your crew. Our oxygen is low, so the sooner we get on board your ship, the better. The Silver Fox gestured to the ramp. By all means, welcome aboard the Emperor's Revenge. Let me give you the tour. Leandro followed the human and the other two starrets up the ramp. Before he entered the airlock, he paused and turned around. Sol was emerging from behind the horizon now. Light shone off the gleaming silo and refracted off the scattered shards of rock on the once pristine asteroid. The starret smiled as he left it all behind. He was no longer the property of Masterson Minerals. He was no longer a slave. He was a pirate now. This was the second and final part of Lights in the Sky by J.F.R. Coates, 
read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.